Amen. Tonight we give God down and glory. Amen. This is our first Wednesday back in Bible study for 2021. So again, we want to thank God for those that are here tonight. We want to thank God for those that are connecting and tuning in through Facebook. Amen. Uh, YouTube and, and those different platforms. Again, we thank God tonight. We give him honor and glory for truly worthy praise. We thank God for being a, an awesome God. We thank God for starting us. Amen. On a successful path for this particular year. Amen. Truly, we have only been in this year for two weeks, and it looks like uh, we've made some historical things. So we've seen some historical events. So tonight, I'm going to talk a little bit tonight. Um, uh, we, we haven't had Bible study here at, at this particular vision from a corporate standpoint anyway. I think second week of December. So uh, we thank God that, that you all who have been tuning and connecting in with us through uh, Bible study on Wednesday nights, uh, that you're reconnected. We're going to ask that this particular time that if you are tuning in, that you will, you will share this. Uh, this is going to be, uh, we, we, we're going to have some, some real honest and true conversation tonight about uh, where we are at in the world, especially as the nation uh, that we live in the United States. Uh, there's a lot of questions about different things that are going on. And so uh, tonight, uh, you know, last year, uh, ending the year, we, we were talking a little bit about end times. And, and I'm careful because I'm not a, uh, someone who studies and uh, eschatology, which is the study of end times. I don't study it in detail, but I knew enough uh, to kind of keep me sober about what's going on. Uh, and I just want to share that with you tonight. And so uh, we did that coming out the end of last year. And uh, we certainly want to go into it again uh, starting this year. I appreciate all the different uh, reactions and comments and things. And I, I actually got a call from somebody today that, that, that just told me how, how this end time, these studies that we're uh, putting uh, before you from week to week, that how it's helping. Uh, that is helping to, to move fear out the way that they don't have to fear that they understand a little bit better about what God is doing, why things are happening, and at the end of the day that the church wins. And so uh, we thank God for you appreciating this kind of study. And um, tonight I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the preliminary. I'm going to go a little bit into a little deeper into our end time uh, last day's discussion. Uh, it is something, regardless of uh, if this is something we, we want to uh, talk about and dialogue about, it's something that we're living in uh, even now more than we ever have. And so uh, we thank God tonight that he has already given us understanding and wisdom and he has given us direction on how to be successful regardless of what we may face on this particular side uh, in the hour that we're living in. And so again, I ask that you will share this. I ask tonight that you will take pencil and pen or whatever the situation is. Uh, again, I'm going to come to you a little different than I have over the last uh, couple of months as it relates to end time. Uh, again, we thank God tonight. So, so I have this dubbed, um, this particular study, I have dubbed it America in Crisis. Uh, and then I have subtitled this as America Under Siege. Uh, America that's in crisis, and then again, America uh, that is under siege. And so tonight, I thank God. I want to lift up the word of God tonight. Eternal Lord of God, we thank you. 
God, we praise you. We give you honor and glory for God truly you were to be praised. We thank you tonight for entering us into a brand new year. We thank you tonight that you have already charted out our ways and our direction and our paths. And you have blessed us to be a path of success. We thank you tonight that you have been so kind uh, over the years to give us understanding. The Bible says that we're just not servants of yours, but we're friends. Uh, because friends disclose to each other what they are doing. And so we thank you that we are friends of yours and that you are our friend, you are our father. We thank you that you are Lord. And so tonight, God, we pray that you will bless the word, uh, that you will bless the hearts that will hear the word. We pray tonight uh, against every distraction. We pray tonight against every attack on the mind that may try to abort uh, then grab the word from being sown into our lives. And so again, God, we thank you tonight. We thank you for this special occasion. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. So listen, we thank God tonight. I'm not sure how long I'll be with you tonight, but I do want to start a discussion uh, about what's going on. A lot of people confused. Uh, and this seems you know, we're coming off of last year, COVID-19, and we're still in COVID-19. Matter of fact, they say that the, uh, that, that the plight of COVID-19, that the darkest part of it is yet ahead. We don't know that, but we thank God that we, our hope is in Christ and that we're safe and healthy uh, by the blood of the Lamb. Uh, and then we come into this year, and, and things have shifted. New uh, leadership is getting into uh, place as it relates to this particular nation. Uh, we talked last Sunday, this Sunday, about the 33rd Psalm, about the sovereignty of God. So as the sovereignty of God, we understand that he's in control of all things. The Bible says that not only that he's in control, but God works everything out for his own good. Uh, so we don't have to fear anything. Let me say that tonight. I don't care what the unfolding of the world is and what it brings. I'm telling you tonight that if you're a child of God, I'm telling you tonight that you have a father that controls all things and that is facilitating things and is orchestrating things according for his glory and even for our own good. So we don't have to fear anything tonight, but we do have to live in a world that will throw at us situations, especially more uh, harder and challenging and, and, and more disturbing things as we get to the end of this particular age. And so tonight, I want to ask and talk about some of the things that we've seen over the last week. We've seen things last year, and I'm telling you tonight that, that we're coming to the culmination of, of, of historical prophetic events uh, that will lead to the church being lifted out of here and Jesus Christ coming back, amen, to set up his, his, his place of, of kingship here in the earth realm. Uh, we are, we are, we are been talking about in, uh, last year, a, a little bit at the end of last year, and we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, uh, you know, with everything that went on last year, that was wild. It was, it was insane. It was crazy. Uh, people are still talking about it. I mean, and, and it was a historical event in itself. We'll go a little bit deeper later on. As relates to that, I want to help you understand how that ties into everything that is going on. So the question is always this. Where are we on God's prophetic time clock? I'm not talking about what season, what time we're in. I'm talking about from the standpoint of the United States of America. A world superpower, perhaps 
one of the greatest superpowers that have ever existed in the time that we have that has unfolded in the earth realm. Where are we? Now, let me say this tonight. Those that study eschatology, those that are students of that particular study, because the Bible in the book of Revelation is silent when it comes to the United States. The book of Revelation, which is an end-time prophecy, never mentions the United States. They never mention the word America, not one time. Other nations that we know are superpowers, Asian nations and Asia, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Russia, and, and all of these nations, the European nations, are spoken about, but the United States does not exist. And so although we're not at the, 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 that part that we're coming, we're coming very quickly uh, to that place, but, but where are we? These things that we're seeing, how's it lining up? How's it tying in? And I think we need to know this tonight. I think we need to know it tonight because these things are going to happen whether we talk about it or not. But we need to have a healthy understanding of where the United States stands as it relates to God's prophetic time calendar. Um, the capital, this, this situation, January the 6th, January the 6th will go down as probably the most uh, disturbing historical event in the United States history. Uh, with, 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 with people have, uh, who are citizens of this country, uh, not, not foreign people into this country, but citizens who live here, uh, 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 breached the capital of the United States, the very heart of our democracy. Uh, when, when, when people went in, rioters, and, and I've heard terms such as assassination, had agendas to assassinate lawmakers and to take over the capital to, to make sure uh, that their agenda gets, gets pushed. Never have it ever been thought that that could happen in the United States of America. And even right now, over 20,000 troops are being assigned to Washington, D.C., to the Capitol, uh, in, in, in light of the changing of the guard as it relates to president in lieu of what people believe may even uh, uh, be a worse situation than it was on January the 6th when we're talking about the Capitol. So I want you to know tonight that that's a very pivotal moment it's a very pivotal moment. I'm going to help you understand why it's so pivotal. I want you to help you understand tonight for your family, uh, for, for, for those that you love. Uh, we want to understand some things about what's unfolding, but we do want to also understand and get some action points on some things that we need to start doing as a people of God. And so I want to look tonight to help us to understand this. I want, want to look tonight at the book of Daniel chapter number 2. I want you to understand tonight, for those who have tried to understand and read the book of Revelation, you cannot understand Revelation unless you first understand Daniel. You fit the book of Revelation into the prophecy of Daniel. And so although we're not going to look at every prophetic situation in the book of Daniel, we are going to look at chapter 2 because I believe tonight that it will give us some structure about the things that God wants me to share on this particular night. 
So I want us to go to Daniel chapter 2 tonight. Uh, I want us to go down to verse number 24. And I'm going to read some things. First of all, let me put you in the context of what's going on. Uh, the nation of Israel had, 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 had been brought into um, uh, exile. Uh, they're in captivity uh, into the hands of the Babylonians. Uh, and, 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 and now they're in, in, in captivity. Uh, they had brought people from Judah or Jerusalem and, and brought them in uh, to this nation uh, to hold them captive. Uh, they, they laid siege on Israel. They took over the sovereignty of Israel. And, and one of the men uh, that have come over from, from Israel, uh, they was captive, but they brought him over was Daniel. And Daniel is a young man. He's a very young man. And I want to say that tonight because of the fact we got to understand what God is doing with our young people. Now, understand this tonight, that, 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 the, that the king or the ruler in Babylon at this time, his name is Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had an issue that chapter 2 is going to talk about. His issue was that he could not sleep. He was having dreams, and these dreams was vexing him. They were vexing him because not only was he having dreams, but he could not understand the dreams. These dreams were so real to him. It, they were so powerful to him. He seen things that really disturbed him. And so what he did was he went and he called people in Babylonia and, and, and the, the wise people, the sorcerers, the soothsayers and, 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 and philosophers and, and called all these people together to see if they can interpret the dream. And some of us understand the book of Daniel that none of them could understand it, but Daniel had an understanding and a gift from God that he could interpret dreams. I want you to understand that tonight about so we can go, get to where we're trying to go. Uh, to this season, you're going to have to have spiritual insight. We thank God for natural sight, but you're going to have to have spiritual insight. You're going to have to see past what you see, and you're going to have to see the intent of a thing, and you're going to have to see what God is doing in something that may not be in the natural, but it is in the spiritual. Daniel had that gift. He had spiritual insight. He could see into what was going on, and although naturally nobody could understand, but Daniel understood. And so verse 24 tells us, Therefore Daniel, he went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon because they couldn't interpret the dream. He went and said to him, do not destroy. This is Daniel standing up for the men. Daniel standing up because Daniel was going to be one destroyer too. So he said, do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me before the king and I will tell the king the interpretation. Because remember, the king Nebuchadnezzar was having dreams that he needed somebody to interpret. Let me give a parenthetical pause on that. You know, never before is it going to be such a benefit to be gifted by God. Because your gift in the kingdom of God is going to be a solution that the world does not have. Nobody could interpret the dream, but because Daniel had a specific gift from God, he had the solution for what the king needed. And then Ariok quickly brought Daniel before the king and said thus to him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah, and he will make known to the king the interpretation. 
the king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was also Belshazzar, are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? The king wants to have understanding from Daniel. Can you interpret this dream? Can you interpret this dream that's keeping me up and vexing my soul? Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers cannot declare this to the king. He says, but there is a God in heaven who does reveal secrets. And he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the last days. I want you to understand something tonight that God can use anybody. Nebuchadnezzar was not a man of God, but God allowed him to see a vision. And the prophetic vision that he allowed Nebuchadnezzar to see was a vision about the end time. Never, never, never say that, that, that God can't use. God can't use people who are not children of God. God is known for taking the foolish things to confound the wise. He put a prophetic vision of the end time on how the unfolding of events would be in the end times. He called it the latter days. He gave it to a uncircumcised, a unspiritual an unsaved person in King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, let me say this tonight. This, this pr prophecy that he gives him, this end-time prophecy, that uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar reigned, reigned from 562 B.C. to 705 B.C., which helps us understand this is 2,500 years ago. God gives him a prophecy 25 years ago. In 2,500 years, the prophecy has came true exactly in order in which God said this prophecy would unfold. For anybody who says that the Bible is not real, 2,500 years ago, he gives a prophecy, and the prophecy unfolds without error, and it unfolds exactly like God says that it will unfold the events of the world. Verse 28 says, but there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets and, and he has made known to Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. He's telling you this vision, this dream that you have, King Nebuchadnezzar, it's about the end time. It's about the latter days. It's not even so much about now. It's about what will happen through the history of time and that will end this age. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. Now, Daniel tells them what actually he was dreaming. As for you, O king, thoughts came to your mind. <laughs> My God, Dan Daniel, Daniel, he didn't even tell Daniel the dream. Daniel's telling him what he dreamed. He says, as for you, see, see, see the, 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 the gifting and, and the, the, the things of God can't be counterfeited. The, the, the things, the, the things that, that God gives his people cannot be counterfeited. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secret, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. 
your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. As for you, O king, thoughts came to your mind while you were on, in your bed, on your bed, about what would come to pass after this. And he, now, tell me he don't have his attention. He has his attention. He says, and he who reveals secret has made known to you what will be. He's letting you know today what will be. What will be in the history for mankind? He's telling you right now, 2,500 years for some of this stuff even come to pass. Look what he says. But as for me, the secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone living. He says, I haven't, I don't got this, I don't have this gift of interpretation because I'm the wisest person that alive. He says, but I have it, but 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 for our sakes who make known the interpretation to the king. And that you may know the heart, the thoughts of your heart. Look what he says in verse 31. Oh, you king, were watching and behold a great image. This is what you're seeing when you dream. You're seeing this great image. This great image whose splendor was excellent. Who stood before you. And its form was awesome. The image head was of fine gold. Verse 32. Its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image of its feet and iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron and the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became the shaft from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them were found again. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the entire earth. Tonight, I want to help us understand quickly because I got a lot more to, to talk about tonight. I want to understand tonight. He's telling us tonight what pride can do for a nation, what pride can do for people. He's helping us to understand tonight this, this image that he's seen that we have here. Can y'all capture that? Please, y'all capture that for me. Can we get on the middle screen or not? We can get on the middle screen. That's real good. Thank you. Uh, the rise and fall, this is the image Nebuchadnezzar was dreaming. Now he's telling, remember Babylon at this time was, they were in, they were the world power. They were actually the world power at this particular time. So he's basically telling Nebuchadnezzar, you about to fail. Your kingdom is about to come down. But while I'm prophesying to you about what's going to happen to you and Babylon, I also might as well at the same time tell you about all the rest of the superpowers that will come at some eventual time. So he talks about Babylon first. And then if, if you read in Daniel, it's in Daniel that, that Persia, Cyrus, and all of them, they come and, and, and they come and take over, amen, supremacy from Babylon. They come and take their sovereignty. They come and they come and gain victory over their armies. And then they become a world power. It happened just in that order. Then Greece was the next, was perhaps one of the greatest world powers 
would come and defeat Persia. And, and, but, but, and Persia, because its pride is outside of God, it will give way to Greece. After Greece would become Rome. Rome is said to be the greatest empire that has ever been erected in the history of the world. Rome never thought that it could ever be defeated. Rome never thought that it would ever lose its status as the world power. Rome takes over for Greece and becomes the world power. Are y'all with me? After Rome, somewhere in the 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, all of it is kind of together there. The, really, the European nations, and we call that Anglo, the Anglo-American world, sets itself up to become now these nations the next world power. Well, in the 1900s, what happened, especially after World War I, the United States that's really came out of the European nations became the world power. This is very important tonight. Those Anglo-American world powers that, that came, you, you understand how from the image of gold all the way down to the, the iron and the clay, every nation gets weaker. Every nation gets weaker. The greatest, strongest, most superior nation, Babylon, but every subsequent nation that have took over since them have been weaker. But more than that, it has been even more outside of where God wanted it to be. Then he talks about, I'm not going to go into this because you can read it in the book of, of, of Revelation. He talks about the ten toes. That, that sets up the ten horns. That sets up the ten nations, the ten kings that will be in the world world order. Okay. Then it talks about how the rock will come that will be cut out. Won't be cut out of a man's hand. Won't be cut. It, it, it will be a supernatural rock. And we know who's the rock. Jesus. You go to Psalm 118, 22, 1 Peter 2, 6, 1 Corinthians 10, 4. Say the rock, the rock. The rock will come and it will smite the ten nations. We, we understand that that's the, the battle of Armageddon. And the Bible says that that one rock will come and smite all ten nations, all ten toes. And the Bible says that they, they will be no more. And then the Bible says the rock will come and it will engulf the whole world, which is the glory of God. <laughs> so, so where we're at. We're down there when them, you know, about one of them toes almost. We we got there yet. So 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 we're right there. None of these nations thought that they would ever lose their superpower. So I want to share some things with you tonight. All superpower nations in history have failed. Undoubtedly, the greatest they say the greatest. World power that's ever lived has been Rome. Rome never thought that it could ever, because of its economy, because of its armies, because of its, of its production of, of the economy, never thought that they would ever lose their sovereignty and lose their place in the world. 
brothers and sisters, that, that America has found its place. One reason always for the decay, one reason always is because there's a decay from the inside. This is what Abraham Lincoln said about the United States, America. America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we falter and lose our freedoms and our sovereignty, it will be because we have destroyed ourselves from the inside. The United States will not be destroyed from the outside. So what you've seen at the Capitol has very big significance. It, it, it is division and, 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 and evil and, and a country that's now divided that you're not going to ever be able to put back in the bottle. I want to help us understand this tonight. For a country to lose its sovereignty, for a country to fail to be sovereign and to be of strength, five things happen. First of all, there's always first a spiritual decay or a spiritual and moral decay, however you want to say it. When Rome, when Rome was defeated from the inside, the first thing happened, there was a spiritual and a moral decay. I don't care what other decay you have. Once you have a spiritual decay, there's a decay in every other facet of the nation. Once you have a spiritual, a moral decay in a family, that's just the first decay that will spill to every other function of the family. This nation was, was, was rooted and grounded and organized on Judeo-Christian values. It was not what was popular. It was not what is cultural. It, 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 it was founded on strict principles of Christ. And when a nation, this nation, has moved past, moved away from the Christian values that has caused this nation to be to be to be so blessed, this this nation is the blessed has ever been any nation is because of the Judeo Christian values. Never has it been a nation has been set up strongly on the Judeo Christian values. The United States has moved away from those values. You call it what you want to. That's why I don't call it Republican, Democrat, I can care less about any of that kind of stuff. It's about the values of Jesus Christ. It's about what Christ holds true to him. When this nation moves past that place and start doing their own thing, there is a spiritual and moral decay that's in the land. You don't believe it? Look what's been happening with COVID-19. Look what's been happening with people who's been social distancing. Uh, and look how people have still been behaving themselves. There's no repentance. There's no repentance in the nation. There's no repentance in the church. People still calling, they're calling right wrong, and they're calling wrong right. It's a spiritual decay. Again, the, 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 the problem is not Republican and Democrat. The problem is repentance. 
if my people that's called by my name shall humble themselves, pray and seek my face, turn from their evil ways. Bible says, then I'll heal their land. Bible says in Second Chronicles chapter 7, 14, if they will repent. There's no repentance. There's, there's nobody trying to turn back the right way. I'm not talking about specifically. I'm talking about in general. There's not repentance. And there's a moral decay. Things that are wrong, people are calling right. Amen, somebody. It's wrong, but people are saying it's right. It's right to, to do all kind of things that goes against the, the heart of God and people are not repenting. It's a spiritual decay that's in the land. And because there's a spiritual decay, there's always going to be a political decay. What you see now is a political decay. You've seen the two, the two, the two cornerstones of, of, of political organization in the United States are pretty much torn apart. When you in a whole nation of, I don't know how many people living in the United States didn't, didn't research that, but, 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 but you hard-pressed to find two good candidates. That's the problem. You, you, you hard-pressed. You, you, you checking, if it was a roller deck still, you checking your phone. Now, you hard-pressed to find two good people who could be the president on either side. That's a political decay. You take the lesser two evils. Ain't, ain't none of them really smoking. Ain't, ain't none of them, I mean, uh, we, we definitely hate Trump, so we might well go with this man over here, Biden. It, it doesn't matter. We, 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 we'll go with Biden because we just hate Trump. We, 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 we go with Trump because we just hate Biden. And, 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 and this election was not about the candidate of choice. It was about the candidate that most people hated. That the other candidate, that's what it was about. Because of the political decay. There's not a people's choice because the political side has a decay. Then there's an economic decay. Once our GDP, especially after World War I, our GDP, which measures the economic strength of our nation, after World War I, all GDP of the whole world, a half of it, over half came from the United States by itself. That's humongous. Now we have a deficit of $28 trillion that you could not pay it back in 10 generations. Dollar that we have today because of the deficit. We thank God for stimulus checks and all that. Just keep running the deficit. Just keep running this trillion dollars up. The dollar is almost worthless. COVID-19 certainly accelerated most of that. Then there's a social decay. All of these are, are ingredients for a nation that's coming to ruins if a nation does not repent and come back to God. Then there is a social decay, the infighting of classes of people. Different races and different cultures and different generations. That is a social decay. Then lastly, you have a, uh, 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 a military decay. All of these decay. While people don't have hope no more, while people don't know what tomorrow holds and, and all of these things is because 
there's a decay in this nation. There's no hope. The only hope that we have is God. The only hope that we have, if you're people who, 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 who still believe in prayer, is, is lifting this nation up. And, 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 and hopefully, hopefully, God, God, God gives more mercy and extend the timeline a little longer to allow people to get some things right because one day, eventually, whatever happens, doesn't matter. Jesus Christ is coming back to rule the earth. Doesn't matter what we do, don't matter how, how, how much we get it right, it, it's going to happen, but that's what we want as people of God. So that's where we're at right now. That's how we got here. We're in decay right now. We're in decay. That's the reason I'm very, very, very cautious about who, who we're supporting and all this kind of stuff. I just want to support the Bible. I just want whatever the Bible says, do that. Let's do that. Amen. Whatever the Bible says, this is what we need to be going down. This, let's do that then. And so we live in a culture now where, po where, where politicians have turned away from God. You got pastors that, that now politicians are using the pastors, amen, to steal further their agenda. Come on, church. It's just bringing it over into the church and say the church we've got. See, see, let me tell you this. I love everybody. But let me say this today. I believe in inclusion as benefits. I believe in inclusion. We need to include everybody in an economic, amen, playing field of the world. But, 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 but some of this thing that people are calling inclusion, you need to listen about that word inclusion. Because when you hear this word inclusion, you need to understand the context in which they're talking about. Jesus Christ says there's going to be a narrow way. Jesus Christ came and said there's going to be some exclusion so that we can have inclusion so we can be included into heaven. So then I'm going to go to the book of Jeremiah. I know a lot of people don't want to hear this. But I'm telling you, just live, let's just keep living our life the way we're going to live it. Let's just don't call wrong wrong no more. Let's just let's just let everybody do what they want to do. Let's go ahead and support whatever we're going to support without letting the word of God be the rule and the measure and the gauge of how we're supposed to be operating in this particular life. Jeremiah 1 1. If you read Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, it will tell you. How God wants to give opportunity to a nation if a nation will just repent. Now, I want to read this tonight. I only got about 15 minutes before it's 20 minutes. I want to read this quickly tonight because we're going to go through the book of Jeremiah. I'm going to bring out some, some very important things. Not all tonight, of course. But, but Jeremiah 1 and 1. The words of Jeremiah, the son of, 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 of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in Anathar, the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, Josiah, Josiah the son of, of Alma, the king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. It, it, it also, in the days of, of, of Joachim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, to the end of the 11th year of, of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the carrying away of, 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 of Jerusalem, amen, captive in the, in the fifth month. Now, God is calling Jeremiah, who has been a priest, he's calling him now to the office of a prophet. Jeremiah was born in the priestly line, but now God is called. He says, I need somebody to go and speak truth to power. I am concerned about Israel. 
that they were about to lose their national sovereignty, that they were about to go into captivity, that they will no longer be the super nation of the world. And I'm trying to give them mercy. I'm trying to give, amen, an olive branch, if you will. I'm trying to extend myself to help them out. I like what verse 1 through verse 3 says because it goes to start talking about different kings. And the Bible says the word of God was going from king to king, but no king submitted. And the Bible says eventually there was a carrying away of, 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 of Jerusalem. Amen, somebody. Verse 4 says, then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, before I formed you in the womb. I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. I want you to listen tonight. Then said I, our Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am but a youth. I'm telling you, the church is turning now. We're embracing everybody, but we're hearing the youth now. We, 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 we're understanding that they got a great value. We can't wait any longer till they get to be adults. 40 and 50 years old, we've got to start tapping into, amen, that generation right now. And verse 7 says, but the Lord said to me, do not say that I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you will speak. He said, he said whatever I tell you to speak, you, you're a vessel, you are to proclaim, you are to pro pro proclaim what I tell you. That's what he says in verse 8. Because I'll be sending people, amen, this I'll be looking, they were looking at Jeremiah like this. He said in verse 8, but do not be afraid of their faces. They was trying to stare him down, amen. They, was, they were looking at him like, when are you going to sit down? And God says, don't be afraid of their faces. He says, I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Listen, I'm going a little deeper. Then the Lord put forth his hand and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, when you've been called by God, and it's just not for the preachers, this is about anybody who's a Christian, you, God will put his words in your mouth, and you're obligated to say what God has said. We're not obligated to tolerate. We're not obligated to get along just to be light, but we, whatever God has put in our hand, put in our mouth, we are to say that thing. It is a good thing in this hour to be on God's side than the world's side. Verse 10 says, see, I have this day set you over the nations. Jeremiah set you over the nations. Jeremiah is not a king, but he's walking in the authority of God. And when you're walking into a, in the authority of God, you have been placed at an elevated place over everything else that's in the world. That's why I keep telling people you better serve God while you can because it will put you in an elevated place in this world regardless of what goes on. The Bible says that, that, that Jeremiah, he says, you, I've set you over the nations and over the kingdom. And look what he told him to do. He says, I put you there to root out some stuff that's been rooted into the fabric of the nation. I want you to help root it out. I want you to pull down some stuff, stuff that's supposed to exist. I want you to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. All of that he gave on Jeremiah's show. That's, that's a big mandate. Verse 11 says, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, 
what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. An almond tree in Palestine, it was the first tree to bud in season. It was the first tree to bud. He says, I see oh, something is about to bud. Something is about to give way. He's telling, that's why he see an almond tree. Something is about to unfold. In verse 12, he says, then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. See, let me tell you something. Just because God had performed his word don't mean that God's time clock ain't ticking. Don't, 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 doesn't mean that, that because we, we, you know, this nation think that it got a certain play in favor on God, that God has just stepped back and like the world do what it wants to do, just like he do some people, you know, people, they just keep doing everything they want to do, the same thing over and over again because God has not brought just a swiftly, they just keep thinking they're immune to what God wants to do, but then one season God just going to come, and what God does then, the Bible says that he's ready to perform his word. Then we play the video. Oh, God, what? I'm performing my word. You know what you've been doing 20 years. You know what you've been doing the last 15 years. And God says, I'm ready to perform my word. I've allowed things to happen for a reason, for mercy, to let people come back, to get things straight. They never got it back. God says, I'm ready to perform my word. Let me tell you about God performing his word. God will not, when he's ready to perform it, there's nothing that exists that can pull God off of performing his word. There's no prayer that can go forth that will turn God around from, from God performing his word. There is no good act, no charitable event, no giving tithes, offerings. There's none of that, that, amen, that could turn God from performing his word. When God says, I had enough, God has enough. He says, now I'm going to perform my word in your life. And this is not a good word. This is a word, not of prosperity, but this is a word of judgment. He says, I've been blessing you. I've been good to you. I've been faithful to you. You have not been grateful over the things I've had. You have set other gods up before me. You understand that I am a jealous God, and there's nothing at this time. God is telling Jeremiah, I know these are your people, Jeremiah, but I want you to understand I am fit to perform my word. You know, because some people got that little prayer. They think that uh, it's just that one prayer I can pray and they're just going to hold God off. That that prayer ain't going to work on this one. You can't manipulate God on that one. Have you ever been a parent and you say, well, I'm, I'm telling you, one more thing, if that child, I mean, I, 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 I've been, you know, I've been, I, I, I done bit my tongue, I, 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 I done stood down, I, 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 I stood back and, 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 and I ain't said nothing, but if that child say one more thing, and I'm going to say the thing they say, it can't even be real bad. It's just, it just, it just a little thing. It ain't even that bad, but, but because you're ready to perform your word, you're going to perform your word. And then you be, you be in your heart talking about, I wish they would. Please let them say it again. Let them say it one more time. I want them to say it again. And then you just start seeing light. I mean, you just, you just blank out. You wake up and your hands around the neck and, 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 and you're crying. They crying. And you talking about, look what you done made me do. And, and, and man, you, you get scared. They scared. You scared. Amen. Then you're thinking about, man, people are in prison probably innocent and shouldn't be in there. Amen. That's what God says. He says, look, I, I, he says, I, I've, I've suffered with you now. I've been good to you. The creator has been blessing you. You got my breath in your lungs, but you still go and erect and glorify other gods. 
He says, now I'm ready to perform. You, you can't play with God's love but long enough. You, you can't. You can't. <laughs> and, and so this is what God said. But look what he says. And the word of the Lord in verse 13 came to me the second time saying, what do you see now? He said, I'm ready to perform a word. Now he's going to tell him how he's going to perform it. Jeremiah, I know you're a good man. I know you of the priestly order. I don't need you. Listen now, he's calling Jeremiah from a priest to a prophet. Remember, a priest's job at that particular time was to intercede. He said, I don't need an intercessor right now. Interceding will not work right now. I need a prophet to proclaim what's going to go down. See, prophets back in the day wasn't like prophets now. Prophet's not going to tell you you're going to get a car in three months, even though you're wilding out. Come on. Prophet's going to tell you now, amen, that I see a wife in your future and you're still married to your last wife. That's what prophet says now. They're going to tell you what you want to hear to get the money from you to pack the seats out. Oh, not in that day. When prophets came to town, they said the prophet is on the way. Everybody ran in their house, locked their doors, and said, my God, what have we done? Oh, it's different now. Prophets tell you everything now. They tell you, amen. Hey, you, didn't, you, ain't been in, you ain't been on time for what for 30 days. And probably going to tell you, don't worry. God is closing one door to open another door. You open the door to unemployment, and they may not give it to you because you ain't been coming to work. I'm just trying to tell you, the prophets is not what they, 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 God will give you a word to speak. And if you're going to find out when we go into Jeremiah, they, they main issue was they didn't have prophets. They had prophet liars. They had men who were exploiting the people, amen, bringing the sacrifices to the temple. And it was telling them what they wanted to hear. And Jeremiah was saying, don't listen to those prophets because they're not telling you the truth. There's not going to be prosperity that's going to come. There's going to be punishment and God's judgment is going to come and you need to repent. So first of all, he told him, ain't no more interceding. I'm ready to perform. I'm sitting on ready. I'm sitting on ready right now. And now I'm going to tell you how it's going to happen so you can prepare the people. And the word came a second time. And this is what he says. Now what do you see? He said, I see a boiling pot. And it's facing from the north. If anybody understand what he's talking about, when, when, when Babylon came in, Judah, this is Judah, you remember, Israel is, is, is divided into two different regions. Israel, which is a, the, the, the northern ten, amen, tribes, and then you had the Benjamin and, and, and Judah, the, the, the southern tribes. He's talking, it's Jude, Israel, but he's talking about the, the ones in the south. So what he's saying, Babylon is the boiling point. That's his fury that he's going to allow Babylon, the nation, to come and execute on the people. And he's saying they're coming from the north. They're going to come from the northern regions and they're going to come and they're going to take the people captive. They're going to come and take the sovereignty away from Israel. I know a lot of people don't want to hear this. And I'm not saying it's going to happen in the United States. I'm not saying that. I ain't saying nothing gonna happen. I am telling you, God is ready to perform His word. I don't know how things happen, and, and I want you to understand tonight. I'm telling you tonight, there, there's hope. 
But long as we keep getting pastors and preachers and good church folk who siding with culture and not with covenant, ain't going to be no hope. God told the church, I'm not judging the world first. I'm judging the church first. Because you sided with culture. You sided with the nation that you thought was your home. Although I told you this is not your home. You're in the world. You're not of the world. Amen. You're strangers. You're pilgrims. You're sojourners. You have another home in heaven. That's your citizenship. You, and, and, and that's what he's saying. Then verse 14 says, then, said, then the Lord said to me. And I'm saying this tonight because you need to be praying. We need to be praying for, 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 for the administration. All these congressmen and, and senators and, and House and, and, and Senate people and, and, and judges, are not only on the national level, on the county level, and all of these things that started getting caught up with what's blue, what's red, and, and how this isn't happening, none of that matters right now. You, 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 you're facing a God that's sitting on ready. Make no mistake about that. You're, you're, you're dealing with a God that has been so good to this nation. That has that's over and over again showered this nation with its love and its blessings and have put parameters around the nation that nothing could come in and, and harm us. But God now is sitting on ready because we're calling what we think is right, right, even though it conflicts with the word of God and what God's word says is what's really right. I'm not going to have time to finish this, but what he says in verse 15, verse 14, he says, Then the Lord said to me, Out of the north, calamity shall break forth. It's come. He says, It's going to be calamity. Full out chaos. You think it was chaos at the Capitol? You ain't seen chaos, what he's talking about. He says, On all the inhabitants of the land. Verse 15, For behold, I am calling See, I, I don't think as a, as, a, as, a, as a person right now, this hour for me, I'm not going to be liked by a lot of people. I think I got cousins and nephews and nieces and, and, and siblings that's probably going to pull away from me right around now. Because I'm, I'm telling you right now, amen, we've got to be bold about the things of God. And I'm not going to have foolish conversations with people that ain't got nothing to do with the righteousness of God's word. And I'm not in position to try to test this word. And so I have to be on a certain side of the tracks, living with Jesus, doing the best I can with him, and following him right now. Verse 14 says, For behold, I am calling uh, all the families of the kingdoms of the north, says the Lord, that they shall come and each one set his throne. Listen, I'm closing. For behold, verse 15, I am calling all the families of the kingdom of the north, says the Lord. They shall come. And each one set his throne at the entrance of the gates of, of Jerusalem against all its walls all around and against all the cities of Judah. He says, I will utter my judgments against them concerning all of their wickedness. Listen, because they have forsaken me. They have, they have, they, 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 they have turned their back on the God who loves them and who gave his son Jesus Christ. And he says, this is how I want you to live. They have forsaken me 
for this world. They have burned incense or they have made sacrifices to other gods. They're no longer as 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 Paul says in the book of of of, of, of Romans chapter twelve. Amen. Uh, uh, I, I beseech you, brothers, for the mercy of God that you may present your bodies a living sacrifice. They're not sacrificing to me. All the sacrifices are being made are for the gods of this world, the god of commerce, the god of sensuality, the god of education, the god of science. And you worship the works of their own hands. When you hear these politicians talking about we trusting in science, bump science. We're trusting in God. And where science lines up with God, that's what we're trusting. We're trusting no science. Science didn't create you. Science didn't birth you into this place. Science didn't speak a word into nothing and bring that was, was nothing into something and then orchestrate it and, 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 and put meaning and, de- and, and divinity and design around it and allow us to live. Science didn't do that. God did that. We trust God, not science. And when science lines up with God, we'll, we will agree with it, but we still ain't going to trust it. See, you got to listen to these key words when people talk about trusting science. It's a mean to take you away from God. We're not trusting science. I'm not going to have time to go. Keep going. I want to talk to you tonight about that. God bless you tonight. We'll finish. Listen, we'll continue on. If you got the heart to continue on with you, because I, I, got, I got to teach this. I know, I, I know this don't move people that much, but, but God is sitting on ready. All I want in Beacon of Light is people who, who, who want to hear this word. Because this girl is going to get real deeper right, right now. Because God is, is serious about his business, about the kingdom. We pray for you today. I want you to have, a, have to understand what's going on in this nation. I'm not telling you not to pray. I am. The reason for this, I'm telling you to pray. I'm telling you to pray for this nation. I'm telling you to pray for this nation. Don't pray for the economy. Don't pray for the vaccine. Pray that this nation aligns with God. And if it aligns itself with God, None of those other things will be needed. It will be in place anyway. We're, 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 we're now at the crossroads. We're at the crossroads. There's no more plan. What you've seen happen January the 6th is an undeniable event of how God has moved his hands off this nation. When you got polices that allow hate groups in and take selfies with them and and don't even know what police force you can call because don't even know how many folk in there is aligned on something different. It's it's a day now that you can't trust anything but God. I'm not happy about no man on this earth. I'm not happy about none of them. I don't care if they're black, white, Jew, Indian, Asian. I'm not happy about no. I'm happy about Jesus. That's who we put our trust in. I want you to. I want if if, 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 if you haven't lined yourself up, this is a time to say, God, I need to pattern my life 
I need the power in my life. I understand that you're about to perform your words. Let me talk about this homosexuality stuff. I, I got to say it tonight. Don't, don't, don't you support that mess. Don't, don't you support that mess. That is not of God. Just like, just like hating your, your neighbor is not of God. You better understand the gender of the kingdom. It's not the gender of this world. Amen, somebody. We love you today. We praise you. <laughs> we give, praise God. We give him all the honor and glory. Eternal Lord our God, we thank you tonight. We praise you. We love you tonight, God. God, help us to stick with the truth. Help us to be bold. Help us to, to understand your love for us, God. That we don't have to fear anything. That we are a royal priesthood. And it is still our duty, God, to intercede for a nation that has turned their backs on you, God. It is still our duty to pray for politicians who put special interest groups in front of your word. To pray for pastors who are not even helping the people to understand in the hour that they're living in the things that they need to be doing. We pray for them, God. We pray that you will, if they have been truly called by you, to bring them back. And if they have not been called, oh God, to, to, to just detach them from that which they say they are. We pray for people to be saved now, God. Pray that we understand our role in this society. Thank you tonight, God. We pray tonight God for men and women who are not saved that they will receive and repent first and receive Jesus Christ as the way your word declares that, that Jesus only Jesus is the way the truth and the life no man comes to the father we can't come through science we can't come through illegitimate belief systems it's only through Jesus Christ that we get to the Father. And so, God, we thank you tonight. We're praying for those tonight have made a decision. Continue tonight, God, to be with us. We love you tonight, God. We pray for those who are experiencing issues with COVID-19. We pray tonight for all of our medical personnel everywhere that you will strengthen them tonight. But, God, we need a spiritual awakening now. We need a spiritual awakening. And after the spiritual awakening, that there will be a repentance. And after repentance, that there will be a last revival. That is our prayer tonight. So we thank you. God, we praise you. We give you honor and glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And every heart said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for each one of you again. Hey, remember we give and we thank God for that that's that's showing on the screen and we thank God for you we are here Sunday operating through COVID-19 precautions we thank God for you again please share this for us and we love you tonight for that amen amen and amen